Hello and welcome back to In Defense of a Movie Podcast. And today we are looking at 2018's The Predator. With me, as always, Aaron, the one and only. How are hey you? Hey guys, I'm good. How are you? Good. Uh, my microphone, I might have a little bit more room on the mic today because I'm recording from a different location. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, in these strange, strange times, we're going to keep you're, on keeping on. <laughs> you're in your like shit hit the fan bunker (laughs) that's buried 50 feet in the ground that you made out of a sea can. Yeah, and John Goodman's down here and he won't stop talking about like uh, the surface. Yeah, it's okay. (laughs) He keeps to himself usually. Yeah, when he's not eating all the food in the fridge. Yeah, and my my biorhythms are all off, man. And full Mm. disclosure, I had some pre-workout like a half hour ago to like get myself like you know, in the mode, in the podcasting mode, and I am like jittery like a mother right now, so. Mm, jittery let's, mothers are my favorite. <laughs> so let's see where this goes. Um, I hope everyone is well, all our listeners around yes. the world. Um, obviously, we're both, everyone's keeping an eye on the news right now, and uh, yeah, we, mm-hmm. we hope this finds you well, honestly. We just hope everything's going okay for you and yeah. your family and friends, and Aaron, uh, this is an interesting follow-up to The Happening, believe it or not. I kind of felt yeah. this. Um, basically, the from what I understand, this film is as almost as if this predator has come to save us before The Happening happens. Is that kind of like how you interpreted mm. <laughs> it? Ah, <laughs> uh, no, but I wish I did. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was written and directed by Shane Black. Um, it sits on the tomato meter mm-hmm. at 32%. Audience rating was 33%. That's probably the closest margin we've seen so far. Yeah. This was made for $88 million, which actually surprised me. It's not that it's not as much as I thought it was. And um, the box office was a cool $160 million, making it the highest grossing film in the franchise. Oh, wow. Um, so, Aaron, let's dive in, man. Give me... Yeah. I want to I know all your thoughts on The Predator. Oh, I enjoyed this movie. Um, mm-hmm. I like. I I don't know what it is about it, but it just. I was saying earlier to you that it just. It kind of like resonates with me um, through the way that they build the characters in in the movie and um, like the scenes, how it's cut together, the flow of the movie. I thought was really good. Like I, yeah. I don't know. How did you feel about that? Well, I was going to ask you. Did you see this in theaters when it came out? No, I don't think I did. I, I think I watched this in home. Mm-hmm. So I'd, I caught this in theaters, and originally I was really let down by it, and I was kind of bummed out, mm-hmm. and I thought it was a little too uh, tryhardy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like everything felt really desperate and weird. Um, mm-hmm. But then the other night I rewatched it for this podcast, and almost every single problem that I thought I had with the film – was actually pretty explainable and pretty much like it wasn't like I could make excuses for it for the sake of the podcast. I literally felt like, oh, like, no, this is because of this and this is because of this. And I found myself like actually legitimately enjoying the Mm -hmm. film a lot more. Yeah. Do you think, though, that it's because we've watched just so many bad movies now that you kind of have a higher tolerance? It's a fair point. We are biased, right? Because you're sitting there, and we and I got a, n- a notebook out, and I'm trying to like yeah. find the nuggets of gold and the the diamonds in the mm-hmm. rough. Yeah, well, maybe. But honestly, the, the uh, I watched it with a couple people um, who I share a household with, and they yeah, they, they got such a kick out of it. They're laughing their heads off. So 
I guess, Aaron, this movie made me question what people actually want from a Predator film. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, I would agree with that. Place is too hot for a pickup. They won't touch us till we get over the border. Hey, Billy, give me a way out of this hole. The aerial says we are cut off. The only way out of here is that valley that leads to the east. I wouldn't wish that on a broke dick dog. Flashback to 1987, the original mm -hmm. Predator film. Uh, it was written by Jim Thomas and John Thomas. Uh, they wrote and produced mm. the original. They came up with the concept of the Predator. Uh, fun yeah. fact, uh, they also they also were, had writing credits on Wild Wild West in 1999. <laughs> so <laughs> that shouldn't surprise you. Um, the original was directed by John McTiernan, um, obviously started Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers. Now, uh, a lot of people already know this stuff, but we'll quickly retread it just so everyone's caught yeah. up in case you haven't. Originally, the character of Predator design was kind of trashy. Jean-Claude Van Damme was actually playing the Predator. Um, oh, wow. But, I didn't know that. Yeah, but Jean-Claude Van Damme's only 5'9", and obviously Arnold's like 6'1", or something like that. So, And the creature design was really dumb. If you've never seen photos of it, stop what you're doing right now and go search uh, Google search images of the original Predator design. It looked like... It looked like the creature from the Black Lagoon, but with, like, a dog bug head. Like, it was... Oh, weird. Terrible character design. And at one point in time during production, Arnold Schwarzenegger approached John McTiernan and said, hey, uh, this character design's trash. No one's going to buy the fact that um, I'm imposed by this little dude, well, little by his stature, you know, in a bug costume. So mm -hmm. that's when they got um, Stan Winston on board to do a complete character redesign the Predator was recast. They reshot the sequences they'd already done with the Predator on screen, and away we go. Now, it's funny because a lot of the Predator got shot, the original got shot uh, before like they saw the creature design because not a lot of that yeah. movie is dedicated to screen time of the actual Predator. So when it finally showed up on set, you can imagine the reaction. <laughs> yeah. Which I would have loved to have been there for that day. There, you know, everyone's like, it's already, people are losing weight because they don't want to eat the food because of where they're shooting. All this, it sounded like a nightmare production already. And uh, the the character, the creature design finally shows up and everyone's like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. That thing would be terrifying. Yeah. And, and and Shane Black was actually an actor in the original Predator. He's that mouthy guy with the glasses, Aaron. He's kind of like the. Oh, really? Yeah. He's kind of like the That's comic really relief. That's really cool. Yeah. yeah, so it kind of makes sense to fast forward and have Shane Black take the reins, uh, especially after like Iron Man three and Nice Guy. Uh, sorry, he hadn't done Nice Guys yet, but he did Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Mm -hmm. It made sense to give him the reins to the franchise, Aaron. Yeah, I would say so. And then after that, um, what was it? I can't remember what year. The, I should have wrote it down, but the the second one starred Danny Glover, and they moved it into the city. So they're like, okay, cool. We like the Predator. Now let's change mm -hmm. the location, add some new technology, punch it up a little bit. You know, they didn't mess with the mythos too much. They basically just changed the – I remember, Aaron, I remember when I was a kid seeing the posters, and it was like mm – -hmm. um, it said like Predator 2. He's in town with a couple days to kill or something <laughs> like that. And I was like, hell yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Predator 2. He's in town with a few days to kill this Thanksgiving. I guess the the this to set the stage, like you gotta people gotta people kind of forget because like the Predator and Alien are such household mm -hmm. names now. That yeah. these were like B-rate films, hey? Yeah. Like the first Predator movie, man, like 
if you even just looking at the cast, it was like Arnold Schwarzenegger, who's this Austrian bodybuilder. You got Jesse the Body Ventura. You got Carl Weathers, who was also like, you know, a rising star at the time. Mm-hmm. Like, it was such a weird hodgepodge underdog of a film, and no one had any expectations of it. Yeah. Just the fact that the character design was changed mid-shoot should tell you how weird this production was. Mm-hmm. So fast forward to 2018, why is it that this movie was put on such a pedestal, Aaron? Why is it that people uh, had such high expectations for The Predator? I guess I guess I want to start there because I feel like mm-hmm. that in itself kind of undermines this movie is what it's trying to do. So I think that... Uh, Predator and like you said, Alien and AVP and stuff. It has become a cult classic for among like the nerdy guys, you know. Mm-hmm. And everyone kind of like iconicized uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger at that time. But I think like almost all of Arnold Schwarzenegger movies at that time are like icon uh, iconized. Sorry, iconic. I can't iconic. Yeah, there we go. Um, and so, and so, yeah, so every, everyone is kind of expecting this to be on that level because of how they remember it as a kid when it first came out. And, and so that's where I think kind of everyone had a little bit of higher expectations for it because of what their like childhood memory was. I think that plays a huge factor in our perception of this film. I really, really do. Mm-hmm. There's a couple things that I think went on here. Um, yeah. The first one was Force Awakens Syndrome. What's with the um, polygraph? I thought this was a psyche valve. We need to know if you pose a threat. I'm a sniper. In posing a threat kind of fucking point. You're right over there. Oh, don't, don't, don't worry about him. He's just got Tourette's. He can't control it. Fuck you, Coil. Morning, sunshine. I really wish people would stop calling me that. Thanks you coming. I'm sure you have questions. Oh, just two, actually. Okay. Why do you call it the Predator? It's a nickname. You know, the data suggests that it tracks its prey, exploits weakness, seems to, well, enjoy it. Dad, the pod sent me a message. Rory, what's in that pod? Don't know. Force Awakens was probably one of the worst things to happen to Hollywood. Yeah. Because basically what it did was because of the wild popularity of Force Awakens, all of a sudden this massive wave, which is still happening to this day, of soft reboots started. Yeah. Where you had the legacy characters kind of kickstart the story and then hand the torch to the next generation of characters. Yeah. And that was the case with this film as well. Like uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger was repeatedly asked to be in this film, um, but turned it down because the role was too small. Aaron, I even heard that, I even read somewhere that originally at the end, the quote unquote predator killer was Mm -hmm. literally going to be his character showing up and being like, Oh, really? Yeah. So they tried how many movies, man? Like everything from like Ghostbusters to Terminator franchise. So many things have fallen have fallen victim to the Force Awakens syndrome. Um, yeah. Now, the other thing that happened with this film that I find fascinating is it also fell victim to the Marvel syndrome, the MCU syndrome, where yeah. having a standalone movie is not enough. You need to set up the bigger picture. You need to set up the universe. You need to lay the you know the, the breadcrumbs for uh, six movies down the road, right? Mm-hmm. 
And both of those things, man, you can feel it while you're watching that. This is because Aaron, like this is 2018, but I feel like this is one of the bigger first major franchises to really go down this road. Like 2016's Ghostbusters um, did it yeah. to very, very, very polarized. horribly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this kind of has the same vibe where it was just this awkward kind of clunky tryhardy. Mm. What do you think of that, man? Yeah, no, I I definitely agree that there was um that that it did fall victim to to like pressure from all these other movies. Uh at the same time though, I'm not exactly opposed to it because hey, we got another Predator movie and Predator movies are always fun and this one ended up being one of my favorites. That's the thing on its own accord, it's actually a really fun B movie. It's um mm-hmm. I was looking at the I was confused by this. I was looking at the the genre of the film and it falls under adventure, horror, action, sci-fi. Okay, yeah. And nowhere in there is the word comedy. But the thing is, this is definitely the funniest one of the entire franchise. Yeah, it is very very funny. Is it just your imagination or is this haunted room actually stretching? Every fucking time? It's a blatant comedy, is it not? Like, the, yeah. He, here's where I go back to the point of like, what were people expecting from a Predator film? Because like the first one, you did the jungle, so you can't really do the mm-hmm. jungle, and and the second one, you do the city. Okay, so we've done the city. Uh, the the uh, Predators was set off planet, which was rad. But again, you're trying to vary it and make it new and make it different. So the natural next progression is okay, like. We want to do a new Predators film. We've done the AVP. We've done all that. How do we breathe fresh life into this franchise, kickstart mm-hmm. it, um, but also not do a bunch of retreading that people have already seen? Yeah. There was another movie that we did. We talked about this, but it's almost like, what would I have done? You know what I mean? Like, what would mm-hmm. I have done if I really had to reboot this franchise? Okay, yeah. One of the things that stood out to me, and one of my biggest problems with this whole movie was the very ending scene, which I guess if people haven't seen it, spoiler alert, Mm-hmm. Um, they introduce something called the Predator Killer, which is essentially an Iron Man suit that looks like a yeah. Predator. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. This was a weird move, especially coming from Shane Black, who had just done Iron Man 3. It felt mm-hmm. very strange. But I did a little digging, Aaron, and check this out. This movie was put out by 20th Century Fox, but it was financed by a company called TSG Entertainment. Mm-hmm. TSG Entertainment was created after Dune Entertainment didn't renew their contract with 20th Century Fox. And then in 2015, this was right before Force Awakens came out, um, a Chinese film company called Bona Film Group invested $235 million into TSG. Mm -hmm. Now, basically, the series of events would dictate that basically while this movie was going into production, it had Chinese backing. So I want to be careful how I say this because I don't want to say it fell victim to foreign financing, but I want to say it was influenced by foreign markets where it was like just like the success of Iron Man 3 – uh, overseas, mm-hmm. the idea was, hey, let's introduce some stuff that would actually be more appealing to, say, Chinese markets. So what do they do? They go full, like, Ultron at the mm-hmm. end of this film. And I found yeah. that really fascinating because I remember, Aaron, do you remember when Iron Man 3 was in, uh, was released? There was, like, there was, a dish, there was an additional subplot um, that mm-hmm. wasn't released in the U.S. release, but it was released in the Chinese release where it was... Oh, okay. Um, there was like an, a doctor that like saves Tony Stark's life or something, and he was a he was a very famous uh, uh, Chinese actor um, who was in those specific scenes shot for the overseas relief. Do you remember that? No, I have. Uh, look, yeah, this is news to me. 
I think what happened with this film was it was way too influenced by the MCU, by The Force mm-hmm. Awakens, and by trying to appeal to, in a clunky way, trying to appeal yeah. to other markets. Oh boy! I yeah no I would I would a hundred percent agree with you on that. I can definitely see, uh, cause like there's the the movies that do well like overseas in China and stuff are crazy action movies like uh, Transformers and I think the Ninja Turtles did really well. You can correct mm. me if I'm wrong. Um, did, and yeah. so yeah, and so if you kind of think of those movies, they have this kind of vibe to them where it's like fast paced action and like cool things constantly happening. And mm-hmm. this movie definitely falls in that category yeah. of, of like, of the feeling that it has, you know? So that's the, I guess, the foundation. Shane Black's yeah. trying to tow three different lines. Yeah, definitely. But uh, I guess with that being said, we probably should get in the plot of this movie. <laughs> yeah. um, so there are quite a few characters that uh, happen or that are in this movie that actually need to be known rather than it just being uh, one character. Mm-hmm. And so you guys got to forgive me here for my, <laughs> for my name. So we, we, <laughs> we have uh, Boyd Holbrook um, as Quinn McKenna. And so he's kind of the sniper dude who takes charge of, and like the leader of the gang, right? right. Um, we have Travant Rhodes as Nebraska Williams, and he's kind of the first officer kind of dude, uh, just like second in command. I don't know what you want to call him. Mm-hmm. Jacob Tremblay as Rory McKenna. That's Quinn McKenna's son. And he has, uh, what does he have? He has uh, some sort of mental disability. I don't, they don't ever specify uh, yeah. what it is. Um, yeah, the kids tease him about it being Asperger's, but I don't know if that's specifically what it yeah, is. Yeah, okay, so I had a question about that, like a quick side note here, is my, I think my like WTF moment is when they walk in that room and these kids are like, I want a nice, big, juicy Asperger. <laughs> I don't know. I was like, That what? was so weird. I know, and it didn't, even, even on the second rewatch, I didn't yeah. get it right away, and I was like, what the frick? What a weird thing to say. Yeah, did, they didn't establish it yet. You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, it's man. only until the second time when they're like, "Hey, Asperger," and then I'm <laughs> yeah. like, "Oh, are they referring to his mental disability?" Yeah. I was like, "Oh, how rude!" That was so um, rude. Those kids were jerks, man. So we have Keegan Michael Key uh, as Coyle, mm-hmm. Olivia Munn as Casey ba- Brackett. Uh, Sterling K. Brown is Traeger, Thomas Jane is Baxley, Alfie Allen is Lynch, and Augusto Aguilera. Aguilera, I think. Aguilera. I had it. I was going to get it. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, as Nettles, Jake yeah. Bu- Busey as uh, Keys. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I think that's pretty much it. Well, his wife was in there, Yvonne Strafoski. Uh, I just thought of a really fun quarantine game, Aaron. Uh, every time one of us struggles with pronouncing a name, someone out there should take a shot. 
Yeah. Oh god. <laughs> so bad. Um okay, yeah. So anyways, those are your characters. And so the plot of the movie, uh we have Quinn McKenna. He's like this sniper dude. He's uh on a mission somewhere. He's about to take some drug lord out and then the predator comes in and he finds his armor and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then he like mails that to his son. Then so he does like because he's about to get caught by the U.S. force. So they capture the alien and they bring in Olivia Munn's character because she is like a scientist that's what is it like specializes in aliens. Yeah, they say that she's some sort of biologist that's kind of on standby in case the government makes contact. Yeah, yeah. Which and it's sorry. almost it's almost like um, Amy Adams' character in um, Arrival. In Arrival, Arrival, where she's like yeah. a linguist who's kind of flown in. Okay, yeah, in. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. And um, so she's brought in, and now they're trying to keep this uh, McKenna guy quiet. So they like, I guess they're sending him off to jail or something. I don't know what's yeah. happening. And he's in this bus, and he meets these, what is it, five other guys or four other guys? And so, like, these become his, like, new unit, and they, like, right away just establish this rapport between them. What I can only be assumed is between military men. Um, (laughs) Yeah, and so the Predator gets loose in the science facility and then I guess is like running away and um, Casey, Olivia Munn, is like chasing after the Predator and she's like pretty badass in this movie. Yeah. And so she's chasing after it to like trank it and all of a sudden she's like this warrior chick who just like chases after him and is just all of a sudden like trained in battle and shooting guns and all this stuff, which was pretty cool. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the and then yeah, they don't get the predator. He gets so he gets away, but then they like form up in this group, and uh, then they realize that the predator is after his son because he sent all his like all the gear, all the like gear he stole there, and so they start making their way there. They eventually get his son, and then they start fighting the predator. Is that yeah? That's what happens, right? Yeah, like there's like that alpha predator. Yeah, and then eventually, yeah, the the huge, like, 11-foot-tall alpha predator um, comes in. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. Is that alpha predator supposed to be, like, the newest one? Like, the newest genetic evolved one? Yes. Okay, yeah. And so that that one has human DNA in it. Yeah. Or, they all, or do they all have human DNA in it? Guys, guys, I get it. I get it. You want to know someone... Alien. I think they all do. They have they, they have like a mix of DNA from all these different races that they consider to be worthy of uh, splicing together. Yeah, <laughs> which is which sense? is kind of cool because they didn't did they didn't address any of that in any of the other movies, did they? No, very little lore building. Very very yeah. simple. Yeah. Yeah, and so so I guess uh, like the eleven foot tall, the main main predator he comes in he kills the other one and then he challenges the the group there for their warrior uh mckenna is what he says and Mm -hmm. so he starts hunting the group together and and then they like realize that they have to fight him and he comes in he defeats them all and then he steals his son um who has the same last name obviously mckenna because his uh, they claim that his Asperger's or his mental disability is actually the like a evolved form. 
mm-hmm. because of his like because his son is obviously shown to be very very intelligent like highly intelligent. Yeah, he hacks like the predator tech in an afternoon. Yeah, and then he has like a desk at the end of the movie where he's just got this like <laughs> mask and he's just hacking he's, and stuff. He's a he's a five star general. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um. So so yeah, and then uh, and then they go. He gets them in the ship, and then they go and they like attack the ship. And you know, long story short, he eventually fights him and he gets his son back. Yeah. Um, all while his like new ragtag unit is slowly being picked off, except for Olivia Munn. Yeah, and they're just making these horrendous jokes that are very yeah. hit and miss, and yeah. very. Oh, I every one, every single one of them for me was a hit. Like I love them all. <laughs> every single one. <laughs> I like the E for everyone joke. That's a goodie. The death scene between the like, what's his name, Keegan Michael Key, and uh, what was the Thomas other guy's Jane. name? Yeah, Thomas yeah. Jane Baxley. Yeah. It was the best. It was like, and okay, so. Dan, let me ask you, are they gay? They definitely have some sort of bond, for sure. I'm not sure if it's romantic, but it's definitely, they. Yeah. It, it could be interpreted that way for sure. Okay, yeah. okay. I wasn't sure, but I know it was like implied, but yeah. what, a, what a poetic death of just looking each other in the eyes and shooting each other. I was going to say that's my WTF moment of this whole film. Yeah. Like it, that that moment is so bonkers, man, and it kind of comes out of nowhere. Like mm-hmm. <laughs> like I the music it. changes, everything changes, and it's like laugh out loud hysterical. So one of the things that I found really enjoying about this movie is the way that they paced it and how they did character building and they made you feel a certain way about each character. And this movie is only what, like 170 ish minutes and you feel like you've known these characters for years. It feels like you watched, um, it feels like you watched prequels to this and like you got this backstory to them. And, and, and I, I like, I, I really enjoyed how they, um, how they portrayed, portrayed every single character. This is what's interesting to me because one of the biggest criticisms I saw about this film online was how the characters are just like rude, crude. They don't have any personality. And mm-hmm. I, 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 I strongly disagree with that. Like, yeah. One of the things I thought was interesting, um, in Shane Black in real life has Tourette's. I'm not sure how many people know that, but he okay. he actually does have Tourette's. And when he gets really exhausted, he says it shows up and he'll just start swearing and stuff. Thomas Jane's character is based off of off of his tick. He'd based his tick okay. off of Shane Black, right? Yeah. Um and also we talked about like when we talked about all about Steve, we talked about the importance of like representation in film of people with like uh Mm-hmm. You know, like uh, learning disabilities and things like that. Like, and yeah, our main character, the kid who like saves the day, he has Asperger's. You know, yeah. and the whole ragtag group, like, there's time dedicated to establishing each one of their backstories. Yeah, yeah. Aaron, you remember after the that big run-in they have with the predator dogs? Like Keegan Michael Key's character is literally balled up and crying because he has PTSD. 
Yeah, it's it's that's what I mean. Is like I I don't know how they did it and how they crammed it into this movie, but they did a fantastic job of giving these characters like backstory and making them seem like real friends. Um, it it like I, I yeah I don't know. This is what's so confusing to me. There's such a hypocritical nature to the people reviewing this film because there's. Mm-hmm. There's the one camp that's like putting these weird expectations on what should be a B-rate horror film, but they're not looking at like, you don't need character development in your Predator film. I mean, really, you don't. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it's, a, it's a slasher flick. It's an alien slasher flick. But there is character development in this. The Aaron, the only character development that doesn't land for me in this whole film is uh, Olivia's Munn's character seems badass without any explanation. That's mm. the only one that doesn't land for me everyone else i love but for some reason olivia munn she's a biologist but i wish they'd established why she's like trained in combat because she seems super she knows her way around guns no doubt like and it's not like you Mm -hmm. need the movie to tell you it's not like people don't just you know have proclivities towards certain things but like yeah it, it would have been nice if they were like oh she's a military biologist and she you know she yeah i don't know like you know what i mean yeah, no, definitely. I I get that. I I do wish that um I don't know. I just think Olivia Munn's so hot. So I'm like, eh, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah. You're a, you're a massive Olivia yeah. Munn fan. I'm yeah, a, yeah. I'm a huge Olivia Munn fan and yeah, so yeah. anything she's in I I like enjoy. <laughs> I think she's always a, like plays cool characters in whatever shows that she's in and they're always they're they always seem to almost be like B-rated characters. I don't know. It's just it's just very interesting to me. Um, I was going to say, for me, the one thing that made the least sense to me was uh, when the boy is like standing in the field and and it's like right before those uh, alien dogs come in and there's just a regular dog that comes in. Yeah. (laughs) And the boy's just like, and the dog's like, like all calm and is nice and like is like whimpering and comes to the boy and then like those alien dogs come out and they have their big fight and then they're driving away in their RV and the dogs just they show a shot of the dog running in the field mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm like I like I don't un- that's the one scene in this I want to know about that dog is what I'm trying to say I got such a kick out of them downplaying the predator dogs for the whole movie. Yeah. There's like nothing. It's just a stupid alien dog. Forget about it. Like <laughs> they just kept pushing the predator dogs like out of it as if it didn't like, you know, it's literally an alien life form. And they're like, yeah, forget yeah. about it. Who cares? We don't give a shit about the predator yeah. dogs. <laughs> I love it because I feel like there's this movie trope where the more they reject something that that thing is going to come back and have something to prove or is going to come back and has like is going to contribute to the end scene in some big way and so like me watching it and like meta watching it i'm like that this dog is going to be helpful in some way or yeah i enjoyed it yeah man this movie it just is like the little kid in me who just likes action movies and something about like an army unit coming together to like defeat aliens and stuff it just i don't know it just It sounds like a Predator film, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, Another thing I was going to say is I'm always a big fan of the human race fighting aliens, and I'm always on the human side, and this is another one of those movies where it's like humanity prevailing over an alien race, and so I'm going to love it. Yeah, man. This was, uh, you know who else has a writing credit on this film? Is the guy who wrote the RoboCop 3 screenplay. Oh, really? (laughs) Yeah, Fred Decker. Okay. I feel like we did it. We touched on the cast and 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 the characters mm-hmm. 
pretty well. What I'd like to do um, is identify things that I kind of had like a problem with the first time viewing it. Okay, yeah. And then basically debunk why I didn't like those things now. Yeah, sure. I, I, I'm, uh, I'm very curious about what those are. The first thing I didn't like when I saw it in the theater, and, and here's what we'll do. I'll tell you what it was, and then you give me your opinion, and we'll kind of just, like, kick it around. Okay. What struck me right away is that they show the Predator right away, mm-hmm. like, in the opening scene. Like, one of the yeah. big mysteries around the 1987 original was what the hell is this thing, and what does it look mm. like? In this yeah, okay. film, they, within, I, I should have wrote down the time code. I'm sure it's within the first 10 minutes we see full-blown Predator. Yeah. First time around, that really bugged me. Um, what are your thoughts on that? Well, I, I like the thing is, is the everybody knows what the Predator looks like. Mm-hmm. Like you have mm-hmm. Predator 1 and 2, you have the Predators, then you have Alien versus Predator. So it's no secret to what the Predator looks like. So why not start your movie off with a bang and show the Predator in the first like five minutes? My thoughts exactly. That yeah. means that means horror is out the window essentially. Like you can still do gore, but like the big appeal of the 1987 one was what does this thing look like? What is this unknown force that's like ripping through all these tough guys? Yeah. I mean, 30 years later, we all know what he looks like. Mhm. So why yeah. not just get that out of the way and move on to the story? Exactly. And uh, they did a beautiful job of it. <laughs> So there we go. There, 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 there's strike one right there. Yeah. Now, I want to jump to the end. I want to talk okay. about the Predator Killer. Okay. Now, when I first, uh, for if you're a little hazy on the movie or if you haven't seen it yet and you want it spoiled, um, essentially this Predator's come down to give humanity a like exoskeleton suit, like an Iron Man style suit to fend mm-hmm. off more incoming Predators that are apparently headed our way. Yeah. Um, and of course, when I first saw this, I thought that the movie completely like jumped the shark at the end. I was like, okay, this is a little bit yeah. too much for me. But now, having gave it some critical thought, Aaron, what are your thoughts on the Predator Killer? Oh, okay. So that's really interesting because I'm kind of like iffy about the ending of it and having a suit. Mm. Um, before, when I first watched it, I think I was pro suit. And now I'm like a little bit on the fence about it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what are you, tell me your thoughts. So in the theater, I thought with, I thought 1000% it was going to be a xenomorph, like an egg or a, like a mm. classic alien, like, you know, in, in yeah, yeah, s- yeah. stasis or something. Or okay. I had even heard, I had even heard rumors that it might even be Ripley, like Sigourney Weaver was going to be in that pod. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. All sorts of like interesting rumors were floating around. And then when I sat in the theater and it was a Iron Man suit, I I was, Mm -hmm. I was severely disappointed. Um, yeah. Having done a lot of homework on this film, there was, they reshot about the last third of this movie. Mm -hmm. And originally it was set in the daytime. There were photos circulating online of predators and tanks. And there were a lot more like predators (laughs) working with humanity and stuff. Okay. I guess in that science lab, they had these, like, good guy predator scientists that were working hand-in-hand with humanity developing predator tech already. Yeah. So this ending in the theater, Aaron, it felt so clunky, but now watching it, it makes a lot more sense. Like, the seeds of that suit and them ultimately ending up wearing a predator suit at the end are planted throughout the entire film. 
Mm-hmm. Like at the very beginning, McKenna is immediately wearing that Predator tech, right? Yeah. Like the entire MacGuffin of the film is basically the Predator's stolen gear mm-hmm. that he sends off to his kid that hacks it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's the entire plot line of the film is how powerful their equipment is and how it can be backwards engineered and used against them. Do you want to hear? Okay, so this is my argument against it and why I've kind of like kind of changed my tune on it. Um, because, and this is, I guess, going back to the first and probably the second movie as well, where when they were fighting the predators, it was the human versus the predator. It was the human using its own instincts and what it had at the time to um, defeat the predator. So it was like saying humans are like a very, like a high, like high among the predator list, if that makes sense, like a warrior list, right? And so now when you introduce technology and stuff and they need this technology to be, to like defeat the predators, it like diminishes away from the human's abilities. Yeah, totally. And, yeah. And so and so that's where my like where my bone to pick with the suit is. Um and so I would have rather like I like it when it's just it's them using whatever weapons at the time that they have at fighting against a predator. Yeah, that's like the whole thing, isn't it? Like that's what makes it yeah. so like that standoff between Arnold setting these primitive traps and going toe to toe against that thing. Like that's the spirit of Predator. That's like the, you know, the essence that really made it sit in people's minds forever. Come on. Come on. Kill me. I'm here. Kill me. I'm here. Kill me. Come on. Kill me. I'm here. Yeah, and like, so come and on, so kill me. <laughs> do it. <laughs> like, is that the one where he has get to the chopper? Yeah, Wait. yeah. I think that's <laughs> Man, in this, that one too. Do you remember that uh band Austrian Death Machine or whatever <laughs> yes. where it was all Arnold uh Arnold songs and stuff and there's a Predator one? That is the perfect band to revisit while in isolation. Yeah, yeah. For any of those out there that's like into kind of, what is that, heavy metal? I don't know. Yeah, um, like death metal. Death metal music. Check out a band, Austrian Death me- de- death Machine. Yeah. Yeah, it's very, you'll be entertained. You know what? Like, I, I 100% agree with you. I'm definitely being devil's advocate <laughs> about the suit. Um, yeah. But I think that gets back to like the MCU style nature of it, yeah. where they're like, yeah. We're trying to breathe fresh life in this. Where do we go with it? And the I think the obvious answer was, well, how about bigger predators? How about more predators? How about going to the I um in an interview I saw with Shane Black, he was saying that the idea down the road was he would like to see a movie where he said, Well, I'm probably not gonna do it, but ultimately someone's gonna have to go to the predator homeworld and do something there, is what he said. Mm-hmm. So I think uh, he was laying the roots, the seeds to say, okay, we backwards engineer predator tech um, now that we have yeah. a suit and now we're going to go wage war on home soil of the predator world. Mm-hmm. And I think that's the direction he was going with it, which is like, as far as the simple little movie about like a cloaked alien in the jungle goes, it's like outrageous. Yeah. 
But that's kind of today's audiences too, right? Like we're going more in the direction of Hobbes and Shaw and less in the direction of, you know. Like... Yeah, that's 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 what I was going to say is like, unfortunately, rather than it, because this movie could be written with, um, you know, like smart, a smart writer who, you know, think of a, the main character has to all of a sudden set these traps and like use his mind and use his limited skills and like MacGyver his way out of a situation. But rather than it written in that way, it's written in like, let's give him something so that he can blow stuff up and like make as much carnage as possible yeah so yeah and so that's that's the thing is like i guess you just kind of have to accept that that's now the direction that they're moving in with uh with predator yeah yeah exactly and honestly any i'm surprised they didn't do something like that with aliens yet i mean they went the prometheus route which was um, although, albeit extremely flawed, but is f- infinitely more interesting than an Iron Man suit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, the, the, the problem, this is kind of a rabbit trail, Aaron, but I think the problem with these classic like properties that we grew up with is they, they were so simple and we never wanted them to be explained. Like half the mystery mm-hmm. of the alien was where the frick did it come from? Um, yeah. Half the mystery of the predator was like, man, what is, like, what kind of what kind of society is this where they have like these wild weapons, but they're also so primitive and tribal. Like, you know, the, the mystery and the unanswered questions, that was the cool part of that stuff. The mythos, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it sounded so, the mythos, man. <laughs> um, but like now it seems like, it seems like audiences today want everything spoon fed to them or else they call it a plot hole. You know what I mean? Mm, yeah. It's like that Cinema Sins guy who would be like, oh, these predators use, let me guess, they use advanced alien tech, but they still travel and blah, blah, blah. But they, they also have, you know, like, it's like, come on, man. Like, if you're going to go that route, then there's no movies left for you in this world. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, off my soapbox. Um, <laughs> geez, Louise. No problem. Pre-workout yeah, soapbox. Co- cosmic uh, mis- mysto- misos- mis- mystic soapbox. One of the reasons the back third of the movie got reworked was that mm-hmm. test audiences apparently responded poorly to the idea of predators working with humans. Oh, and how do you feel about that? Because I I think that I would be enraged about that. Um, here's the thing. I, I like Predator singular working with humans. Uh, big yeah. fan of the comics and that storyline. But it's, it's a shaky alliance. It's basically a... Um, it's a quid pro quo. It's like, a, I'll work with you until the main threat's gone, but then we're going to kill each other kind of thing. Okay, I see, I see. But it only worked in the context of there being an alien. Like, the, it yeah. like it was like the enemy of my enemy is my friend. That that was mm-hmm. the whole thing. But then once that was okay. gone, you still had a predator. Aaron, what do you yeah, think? Yeah, I... I I think I I agree with you. If it, if it goes along that storyline of uh, the the enemy of my enemy is my friend, then I would be I would be in for that. That makes sense. But in this film, the the first iteration of it was like multiple predators in camo yeah. clothing, like U.S. Army predators. <laughs> yeah, just wearing the little camo hat, like yeah, reporting for duty, sir. Oh, that's too funny. But the thing is, though, if you're going to, like, again, we're trying to reboot a franchise that has been, mm-hmm. has already been tapped, tapped right out. Like, yeah, two warring factions of Predators. I mean, there was a comic storyline um, called Alien Genocide that I read once um, where, like, they, 
xenomorph DNA was being used as like a performance enhancing drug on Earth and they would go to the mm-hmm. alien home world because there was an alien home world at one point in time in canon where they would go there to like harvest the stuff to be used as like this performance oh, wow. enhancing drug and on yeah. the alien home world there were two warring factions of xenomorph there were these reddish ones and then there were like the classic kind of greenish ones yeah I'm kind of into the idea of warring factions of predators, but I just don't feel like I need the movie to explain that to me, you know? Mm, yeah, that makes sense. You know this guy. Seven feet and 400 pounds of ugly motherfucker. Infrared vision. Shoulder-mounted plasma cannon. The galaxy's most feared hunter. Until now. The Upgrade. The Ultimate Predator. A hybrid made from the collective DNA of the universe's most badass species. Lethal high-tech evolution created for one purpose. Should I be worried? 11 feet, 700 pounds of solid terror. It can turn any opponent into a ragdoll. Genetically altered, impenetrable, organic exoskeleton that will stop high-capacity rifle fire at close range. And it's not stopping until it's fucked up every worthy adversary under the stars. Not a predator. The predator. Okay, Aaron. This this yeah. is an interesting one. This is kind of funny. I um, When I first saw this in theaters, um, the storyline is basically that this predator is here to give us a gift of technology, right? Mm-hmm. So when I was watching this in theaters... I think I laughed out loud when they explained that because I thought it was so funny that this predator that shows up and starts killing everything in sight <laughs> was here to help us and mm-hmm. give us technology. Yeah. So, but now watching it, I've changed my tune. So what are your thoughts on that? I, yeah, no, I never, I never thought of it that way. I was just kind of like, oh, cool, predator, <laughs> like wrecking things and like <laughs> causing havoc. Um, I don't know. I like I like I it didn't really even register to me if that It didn't makes register sense. with you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cuz the movie would have you believe that this predator came here to give us a suit and warn us and help us, right? Yeah. And he's like this defective defective like human sympathizer or something. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, he shows up and just starts murking everybody. Just like like splitting wigs at left, right and center. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's like that's a very good point. <laughs> Aaron, I think I have this figured out. I think I can okay. defend this. Yeah, tell me. Okay, so here's what I got. Now, this predator presumably had never been to Earth before. Yeah. Um, as soon as he landed, people started shooting at him. Okay. Naturally, he's going to defend himself because that's what a predator does. Like, he literally landed right on top of a military sniper's, like, uh, nest, right? Yeah. There's a million different places he could have landed that probably would have been easier on, on the nerves, but he landed right in, 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 in like an active military like operation. Mm-hmm. <laughs> then he gets knocked out and put in, put in stasis, and the first thing that Predator sees when he wakes up is a bunch of people doing experiments on him and stuff. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, in the context of the film, this Predator has defected because the race he was a part of started doing genetic experiments and upgrading predators, right? And it was like that alpha okay. predator that was now help hunt, hunting him. Yeah. So, of course, when he wakes up and sees all these scientists around him, of course he's going to freak out and kill everybody in the room. Like, that's his whole thing. That predator, like, his whole mentality is messing with my genes and studying me is, like, no bueno. That's not what we're about. Yeah. So, oh, man, this is like the Klingon race. 
Yeah, right? It's very similar in yeah, that regard. very similar. And that's like that's when it hit me. I was like, oh, man. Like When I saw this in theaters, I was really bugged by the fact that this predator started killing everyone. But it makes perfect mm-hmm. sense. He thinks that his his, like... If we're talking about what PTSD is a theme in the film, that's literally what that predator has in that moment. Mm. When the kid puts on his helmet, he sees, burnt into the retinas, he sees like the camera footage of predators doing oh, experiments. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So this predator wakes up and a bunch of humans are poking and prodding him. Of course he's going to murder everybody in the room. Why wouldn't he? Yeah, 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 definitely. So, it I never it I never caught it the first time, and I've seen a lot of criticism of that point. But if you rewatch it, and and <laughs> my God, I can't believe I'm saying this, but if you watch this movie through the eyes of that character, like the predator alone as a character, mm-hmm. it makes a thousand times more sense. Yeah, I would say that. Another thing they could have done to like advert this is just say they stole the suit from the predator. Yes. Because, like, if that little gauntlet thing can resize to the guy's arm, who says that this armor can't resize to, like, a human, mm-hmm. and rather than them him coming to help, he just, like, crash-landed because he was stole technology, and he crash-landed on Earth, and now that other one is hunting him, and he's trying to reclaim his armor so he can fight back to the, like, higher predator. Yeah. Like, the entire film, that predator knows something we don't. That's his whole yeah. thing. He's like, I need my armor back. Where did you send my armor? You idiot, I'm here to help you. Mm-hmm. It's like that predator came here to help us, and we did nothing but aggravate him the entire time. And I think yeah. it's pretty funny if you watch it under that guise. It, like, it's almost like a, uh, what is it, like a comedy of errors where this predator's just trying to get his crap <laughs> yeah. back so he can help us. Yeah, that just dies. I would have loved a scene just where he gets just wrecked. Can you imagine him like they do a cutaway and he's just on a mountaintop and he's like, "Why did I come here?" It's like screaming. Yeah. These guys Curse are idiots. you humans. <laughs> <laughs> Your race is doomed. <laughs> what do you think the predator would sound like if it had an actual voice? That's a good question. They just kind of roar, I guess, don't they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like, like, don't they do that like clicking sound too? They do, man. That haunted oh. me as a kid, Aaron. Do you yeah, remember? I, yeah, yeah. I to this day, I don't know what it is. If I hear that clicking sound, like it just sends shivers down my spine. Yeah, this this is one of those movies that I got glimpses at way too young, and <laughs> it'd be like the That's middle awesome. of the night, and a, a tree would creak outside, and I would be so scared. <laughs> Okay, Aaron, the, the last thing I want to touch on mm-hmm. um, that, that bugged me was Olivia Munn's character introduction. She just kind of like appears in this film, like just yeah. like materializes into this film. And we already touched on this, how she has like, she seems to have like combat training, knows her way around guns, a wide variety mm-hmm. of firearms, doesn't seem to bother her. Um, when I first watched this in theaters, it really bugged me. Her whole kind of character just really felt like chucked into this movie. Yeah. Um, now, Aaron, I know you're a wild Olivia Munn fan. I want you to, I want you to flush out the backstory of this character for us. Oh, okay. So the way that I understood it is, I don't know. For for me, it wasn't an issue that we didn't get some sort of um, 
backstory to it because the way that I saw her character was she gets dropped into it and we don't know much about her, but we're like learning as we go. So um, rather than questioning uh, like where her like skills came from in like handling a gun and fighting and all that stuff. Like mm-hmm. you just learn that she does have the, the ability to do that stuff. And right. so that's kind of, that's kind of how I viewed it. So going forward with that attitude, she just, she just had those abilities and, and she was just like a badass character. And so that's how I saw it. So I, I really liked the way that, um, she portrayed her character. Uh, For me, I didn't feel like we needed a backstory uh, because she just established herself as such a badass that she was like willing to go above and beyond. How many, like, and there was just subtle, like little nuances that happened um, in this, in this movie. Like uh, when they, when the predator, I think jumps on top of the RV and he points his like three little red dots at the kid and she like grabs the kid and pushes him behind her, you know? Oh, yeah. I didn't didn't pick up on that. And that's what I mean is, like, there's a lot of little, like, subtle things that she does throughout this movie that, like, makes me like her as a character. And so that kind of outweighed... outweighed the fact that I didn't know her backstory or I didn't know why she was all of a sudden like a warrior pretty much or could handle guns and all that and combat and stuff. And so to me, it just seemed like she was like a very driven person. She was on a short list for people who who could like qualify for um you know, there would be a specialist in aliens if if they ever made contact. So, A, you know that she's already passionate about, like, aliens and stuff. And now she sees her opportunity that, to, like, explore and, um, and figure it out. And she's not going to let this... Um, let the fact that they're being hunted by a predator or the fact that the government is whatever government is hunting them as well. And so, and, and you see it when she's like trying to get a sample from the dog and, and they were like, what are you doing? Like, we got to go. And they're like, here's your sample. And she's happy about that because right now she's living her dream and she's not about to let anything like get in her way, but she's also um, like a member of this ragtag team and is willing to like sacrifice her own life to help them out. Mm-hmm. And you so, yeah. And yeah. And so that's why I was like, I like, I loved her character. She, she did really good. Honestly, I, you, I think you hit the nail on the head, man. I was, I didn't think enough about this, but like, if you look at her character, the way you would almost look like, say an astronaut, you got to ask yourself mm-hmm. what kind of person would actually be fit for like, like, okay, the, the government makes contact with an alien they have to pick yeah. up the phone and call a biologist, which, which again, <laughs> in the context of the movie seems counterintuitive because they already have a lab up and running. But again, like, like ignoring that, what kind of person do they get on the phone? It's clearly mm-hmm. got to be somebody they can trust, somebody yeah. who is very intelligent, highly gifted, somebody who probably grew up around the military her whole life because like she has these contacts and she's on their short list, you yeah. know? And clearly she's a badass. Clearly she has firearms training. Clearly she has combat skills of some mm-hmm. sort, right? Yeah. So, yeah, man, I think he hit the nail on the head. Like, people gave that character a hard time. But having watched it now, it makes total sense that she would be the kind of person they call. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what's interesting is upon researching this film, uh, there was extended footage at the start of her character introduction that was all cut because that actor ended up getting cut from the film. And there's a whole backstory there I don't really want to get into because it's sort of sensitive. Oh, okay. It's sensitive stuff. But if you want to Google it. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I'm talking about? 
Yeah, I I can put I put two on top of two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that being said, there was more there, and they just did the best they could within the editing bay there. So, um, yeah. Again, something I thought was clunky when I first watched it turned out to be easily explainable with just a little more thought. Hmm. That makes sense. Aaron, that seems to be the the, the story for me on this film. Man, is all the things yeah. I thought were dumb about this film are actually easily explained. I think this movie takes a second watch because even when I first watched the movie, I didn't realize how much um, rich character development actually went into this movie and how much they crammed in it for being like an 170 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like I thought it was too long before, um, but now thinking about it, I, I think with what they did and how they introduced every character and they were managed to give like some sort of backstory to almost everyone, I think that it, like, it, it kind of makes sense that it was as long as it was. Yeah, they were trying to make you care about um, this group and everything. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the, the movie kind of loses me in the third act when it gets really clunky and everyone kind of just dies so fast that you barely have time yeah. to register it. but. But again, man, yeah. like we're we're talking about trying to appeal to the masses and create something mm-hmm. that can spawn more films. Yeah, the the deaths of the uh, Nebraska <laughs> and the Spanish dude were kind of like a little bit on the lame side. Super lame. Yeah, I, I you know what else um, I wanted to ask you? So the Spanish guy uh, Nettles mm-hmm. was there a romantic relationship between him and uh, like Olivia Munn? Because it seemed like he was very interested in her, but she wasn't interested in him. But at the end of the movie, when they're giving like the little uh, mementos of everyone, she hands the little like tin foil unicorn like she kept it because it meant something to her. Yeah, I I, I think well I think it just like because they were through this crazy episode together i i kind of just or she was secretly in love oh, maybe with if if she was secretly it was I very secretly the the tinfoil unicorn that's actually a blade runner reference from the first blade runner oh okay yeah. i had no idea yeah there's tinfoil animals in that movie for some and i can't remember exactly why but another little neat tidbit very cool okay aaron it's it's impossible to talk about this movie without getting into some of the hilarious stuff um that okay so, <laughs> Um, as we pull this train into the station, I, I just want to touch on some stuff that I thought was so freaking funny. Um, do you remember when the predator, when the predator uses the dismembered hand to give a thumbs up to the, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's when you're like that. I feel like sets the tone for the rest of the movie that you're like, okay, okay. all right. <laughs> I see where this is going. I fell in love with the predator all over again in that, in that scene, man. Yeah, he, he, oh, I he destroys it. everyone in the backseat, and the guy driving's just like, "Hey, everyone, okay back there?" <laughs> and then this dismembered thumb. Yeah, but even oh, I loved it. Even that seemed like a complete ripoff of the BB-8 thumbs up from just a few years earlier when BB-8 does the little lighter thumb. Oh, it yeah. seemed like a repurposement of that joke, but it still was so hmm. funny. Um, Aaron, do you remember when? Uh, uh, Nebraska, Trevante Rhodes' character, he's having that moment mm-hmm. with um, with Quinn where he's kind of like, he's telling him about his character, you know, his backstory and everything. And then he like, yeah. he puts out the cigarette on his tongue really quick and there's like these CGI sparks that come off of it. <laughs> oh, no. I didn't see that. It looked so, it looked, I didn't catch that. It looked so bad. It's, oh my God. It was literally like someone like YouTube searched like uh, sparks, like uh, <laughs> effect and just overlaid it on his tongue. 
Oh man, that's too funny. I was like, this is almost a hundred million dollar movie, and that's the best they could do for like putting out a cigarette. Mm. <laughs> I think one of my favorite scenes was that uh, the whole scene where they're on the bus and they're all introducing themselves. Yeah, upon second watch, the fir- it, that is actually a pretty great scene of getting everyone's characters up mm-hmm. and running. Yeah, and I, I feel like they it just it went so smoothly, and everyone who introduced their character and how they introduced themselves and why they're there, it, it you just it just like went seamlessly for me. These guys are like the bad batch from the Clone Wars cartoons. Yeah, where they're just like the the misfits rejects who end up being these kind of like anti heroes that no one believed in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which uh, which I feel like is a real people pleaser. Yeah, that's 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 classic stuff, man. It's really you know you can get yeah. behind it. Um, mm-hmm. You can relate to them. Yeah, and you know, and people expect a certain amount of like foul mouth, like R rated stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like late night, like some would call them almost like man movies kind of stuff. You know, and <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get all that in there. Like they, you know, it's almost like in the same tone as like the Expendables, almost in that vein, where it's like, yeah, people expect a certain amount of like action movie cheese and bravado when they watch these films honestly i think that in the short while that they introduced the characters in this movie did a better job of like um creating like rapport with each other than all of the (laughs) expendable movies where apparently it was like this unit that's been together for years Mm -hmm. yeah i agree which yeah yeah which is like a testament to whoever did the uh like the writing for this movie, yeah, I think Thomas Jane's awesome in this film. He just disappears into that yeah. role like you forget that it's him, mm-hmm. like Thomas Jane could have carried this film. he could have been like the lead actor in this film for you know who he is, but yeah. instead he plays this bit part that is essentially uh bringing light to Shane Black's own tick that doesn't get like an you know, yeah, it was really interesting yeah. to me, yeah. The biggest mystery, the biggest question I have with this film is how did the bullies recognize Rory when he was in the Predator mask? Mmm, they recognized his Asperger. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> his, they, they recognized his big, nice, <laughs> juicy Asperger. <laughs> that's, that's good enough for me. <laughs> God, that's like the, like that, okay, that's, I don't know who came up with that, but I have questions for you. There's a lot of stuff that's in bad taste <laughs> in this film, but that one is probably the most bizarre. Yeah, yeah. They use a bunch of words that are very politically incorrect uh, at this time, and mm-hmm. yeah, they, man, they really. I've, I'm pretty sure, it's just 2018, so I'm pretty sure that the words that they were using were politically incorrect at that time, too. They were, they were, and they got a lot of flack for it. <laughs> well, good for them for <laughs> trying it, even though it didn't work out. I don't know, man. I I guess in closing, Aaron, like honestly, this upon a second or third watch, whatever it is, like this this movie, this movie does not deserve to have been lumped in with the company it was. Mm-hmm. Like, as far yeah. as predator movies go, man, this is like like what what else could you have done? No, yeah, you're exactly right. Um, I that's what I mean. I I feel like it checked the boxes for me at least. I would I would love to hear if if someone out there thinks they have a better idea for a predator movie than what they did here. I would be very interested in hearing it. You know, like 
Yeah. After 30 years of Predator cool. Media, like, what else do you do? Like, yeah. this was pretty good. Well, you're exactly right. It's either you go to the horror side where it's kind of like, you know, slow and builds up, or you go to the campy side where it's just like carnage. Yeah. And frankly, I think the campy side's more fun. It, this was a pretty fun film. Yeah. I'm I'm sure the campy side also sells more uh, tickets as well. Always, yeah, yeah. What's butts and seats, man? We talked about. Yeah, I mean, just revert yourself to your six year old, your six year old self, and just watch the movie, and you'll have a good time. Yeah, if you liked Hobbs and Shaw, then this movie, like, you'll love this film. <laughs> oh no, don't say that. <laughs> don't don't say that. <laughs> Don't love, don't, don't, don't love those fans in with this, the fans of the Predators. <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I didn't know anyone who was genuinely disappointed by this film when it came out, but as a hardcore Predator, like not hardcore, but like as a longtime fan of this universe and, and, you know, mm-hmm. having dabbled in like, you know, I don't usually with a lot of franchises, but I've definitely read my fair share of like AVP comics and games and everything oh, else. Yeah. So I've pretty yeah. much eaten up everything that's ever been put out, so... And yeah. if, they I should okay put out an AVP, an AVP movie. Another one? Yeah, I'd like one of those. Where they just go full banana sandwich with it? Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, Aaron, closing thoughts? Um, I would rate this movie uh, six at Juicy Ass Burgers <laughs> out of... Wait, can I say that? Uh, Is that too insensitive? No, I mean, they got away with it in 2018. Okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Six ass juicy Asperger's out of six juicy Asperger's. Nice. No, I don't know. I, I think, <laughs> I feel like if I had to put an actual percentage on it, it wouldn't be what the 30 something percent that it no. is. It'd be more in the like high 70s for me. There was another film we were talking about. And we talked about that you, you were saying how like reviewing movies like all lumped across the board like this was just like a trash mm-hmm. way of reviewing things. Yeah. Because you don't get the full picture. Mm-hmm. If there's a one to a hundred scale that governs all movies, despite context, yeah. despite genre, despite anything at all, it's only natural that you're not going to see things like for what they are or what they should be held yeah. in quality to. Yeah, exactly. It's all it's all subjective. Very. And like you know, one of the things that does bug me about this is this movie is like, you know, it's it's too complicated. Like I'd love to see a more simplified, lower budget bring Predator back mm-hmm. to his roots thing. But okay. at the same time, like that's not very interesting anymore. Like if you bring him back to his no. roots, he's just like a slasher in the woods. Yeah. And that's been done a million times. So it's like, um, I don't know. Part of me can't help but think that Predator is kind of played out. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, as far as this movie goes, uh, if you're a fan of the Predator and the Alien universe, it's it's up, it's all right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, like I was saying is um, – like an like the the predator in the woods kind of like if you wanted to go that long you're gonna need some really uh, unique writing to make it interesting again and so it's just natural that it would go this way with it being campy and things exploding and blowing up and like um, and like cool visual effects and stuff so yeah there was so much 80s I don't know. action stuff that was like lightning in a bottle stuff you know like robocop yeah and terminator and yeah, aliens yeah. and predator and all this and stuff. they don't even know what they were doing at the time no. to like achieve that they were just making a movie 
Honestly, the original Predator, it was a bunch of guys in the jungle trying not to catch malaria <laughs> and whatever else while they were, yeah. you know, like people were getting yeah. sick, people were getting injured. It was just like guerrilla filmmaking. No one knew that 30 years later we'd still be trying to capture those same feelings. Mm-hmm. And and you can't. And that's the thing is like that is over and that was because of the time it came out. So we have to uh, view things in the lens of like our era now. And I would think that like for the era that this came out, it's pretty good. Yeah, man. I think everyone just needs to take a good hard look in the mirror and say, what did I mm-hmm. want out of a Predator film? What did I actually want? What was I expecting? <laughs> yeah. Were you entertained? Yeah. Are and you so not entertained? It's a technically, yeah. And technically, it's a movie, a good movie, right? I think so, man. Well, I think, I mean, I feel pretty good about it. That's, uh, I think, that's mm-hmm. all I have to say about The Predator. Um, do you think Predator's dead? Like, do you think we're not going to see Predator for a long time? Was this like the Terminator uh, I, dark fate of Predator uh, films? Uh, Honestly, I don't think anything is dead anymore. I think it's just like hiatus. Um, so yeah, so like like eventually the the what what we've seen and the way that Hollywood works is it there if there's money to be made, they'll they're going to bring it back. I just don't know how they're going to do it and when they're going to do it, but eventually I think it will. After a, like a, a bit of a yeah. resting period. Not yeah, nothing's really original anymore and and so like you know, in, in the given the history of what they've been doing with movies now, mm. why wouldn't they do it in like another ten years? Exactly. I, I mean, like even the music in this the Predator film, like it must have been it must have been the easiest gig ever because it, it was um it was done by Henry Jackman, and the entire <laughs> film is literally just Alan Silvestri's score from the original. Oh, okay. Like the entire score is from the original film, for goodness sakes. But. Again, that's that same like Force Awakens vibe where it was like, hey, remember this? Remember that? Remember these lines? Yeah. Remember the way this all made you feel? And mm-hmm. I don't know. You can be cynical about it or you can kind of just be entertained by it. I feel like we were a bit of both. Yeah, it's hard <laughs> not to be. I mean, it is like a B-rate yeah. schlocky film at the end of the day, right? But that's why I always come back to, did you have fun watching it and enjoy yourself? And if you can answer yes on that, then like, you know, that's like a very vague way of rating a movie, but it almost has to be done Mm because every single movie is unique in its own rights, right? Unique New York. Unique New York. Well. (laughs) Well, next up, Aaron, we have the dreaded Alien 3. Yeah, so kind of fitting after Predator and AVP and whatnot. Mm Mm-hmm. The macabre third act. I'm so stoked to tackle that one with you. Yeah. All right. Well, everyone stay safe out there, in there, wherever you are. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Put on the Wash printer. your hands. Yeah, wash your hands. <laughs> Rub your body in uh, the hand sanitizer. Yeah. And if you find yourself a little stir crazy and you're watch, you know, if you come across a movie that you think is, is t- absolutely terrible, um, send it our mm-hmm. way. Connect with us on social media. Let us know what you think. Yeah. Um, if you think something's irredeemable, send it our way. We would love to tackle it and uh, know your thoughts on the Predator and the future mm-hmm. of AVPs and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. All right. Well, signing off from our military bunker installations. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Wow. Oh, shit. It's got a name. Name? What name? I guess you call it the Predator Killer. Get him out of here. Come with me. Let's go.
That's right, Lieutenant. A fucking alien. <laughs>